And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. <laughs> Hello, your prodigal son is back. <laughs> do you like the intro? That's the best I could do. I Welcome did. back. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well rested. But, uh, but I do believe that the kind of original story of the source of prodigal son is uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one where, uh, yeah, the son was kind of, you know, don't, ventured out because he did something bad or something don't anyway, go into details we won't I'm come here and come back yes yes that just let and it I, go and i do appreciate it i am well rested uh i had a spiritual journey <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day we're going to try to clarify these major headlines for our listeners and this is our first pick of the day no excuses so President Yoon and the ruling party are busy doing damage control after the crushing defeat of the ruling party in the recent by-election for Kang Seogu District. Is, it is a DP stronghold. Nonetheless, it was a crushing defeat. What did the president have to say? Yes, it was certainly a blow uh, to the ruling party, especially ahead of uh, next April's general election. So it kind of gives them a little bit of a... a, a an area to kind of be concerned about. Uh, so they're, they're basically uh, shouldn't be uh, complacent is what the ruling party and the president uh, are thinking. Now, President Yu said uh, that the people are always right uh, and emphasized there should be no excuses for any criticism. So uh, basically saying that uh, they should uh, accept the outcome uh, and not to underestimate the public. Uh, now, a top official uh, a top office official, rather, said that in politics there is always a point that emphasizes that public sentiment is divine and the people are king, according to the official's words. Now, President Yoon, uh, meanwhile, held a luncheon with the new leadership of the People Power Party. They decided that the presidential office, uh, they uh, held discussions um, at the presidential office and they decided that the party should hold consultations once a week on government policy. So, holding talks between them more regularly. Uh, mm. They also agreed on the need to communicate uh, more closely to better look uh, after people's lives. Now, the meeting was attended by the PPP leader, Kim Ki-hyun, the floor leader, uh, Yoon Jae-ok, uh, the chief policymaker, Yu Yi-dong, and the secretary general, Lee Man-hee. Yu and E were actually recently appointed uh, following the mass resignations of senior party members and officials in the wake of the um, Kangsa defeat. Mm. The election had been considered kind of a key test of voter sentiment ahead of next April's parliamentary elections. Mm. Uh, you know the ruling party leaders. Uh, they meanwhile took a walk at Yongsan's children's uh, garden in front of the presidential uh, office after their luncheon. They talked with visitors at the park as well, while Yoon introduced uh, various spots to the party mm. officials. Um, this is kind of, could be seen as kind of a uh, a mini campaign to kind of conjure up some public support, getting closer and friendlier with the people, um, especially after that defeat in what was a liberal kind of a, a stronghold. And now, um, sorry, what uh, was a deep, uh, yeah, was uh, won by the PPP, excuse me. But mm. uh, yeah, we'll have to see how, how the actual general elections play out next April, but it certainly isn't a good start anyway for mm. the ruling party. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see what other kind of efforts they make and what other agreements they make as well. All right. So the next uh, five to six months, so we need to keep close tabs on what can the ruling party do to reconvene um, to address voter sentiments, not in their favor, at least based on the Kangso district results. 
All right. Uh, let's also take a look at what to also took place yesterday. The National Police Day fell on Wednesday for us. What did the president have to say to mark the occasion? This is our second keyword of the day. Crime prevention. So in response to a surge in violent uh, crimes, uh, President Yoon has urged the police to prioritize public security in its reform efforts and to strengthen on-site response capabilities that might require expansion on conscripted policemen. Can you tell us more? Right, this actually came uh, during a ceremony marking the 78th National Day uh, Police Day, uh, and Yoon said heinous crimes should be eradicated so that people... Uh, can live without anxiety. There's been a lot of social concern uh, and some controversies lately because of these kind of what seemingly is an increase in these kind of random sometimes and uh, the violent crimes as well. Uh, you urge the police to ensure that the public does not feel threatened uh, in their daily lives. He stressed that crimes against the vulnerable, such as uh, sexual violence, child abuse, uh, as well as domestic violence and stalking, uh, cannot be tolerated. These are kind of crimes that have been making the headlines recently. Uh, you'd also highlighted the importance of preventing crimes before they actually happen. So some preemptive measures. There's often been criticism here in Korea uh, that a lot of policies and legislation are often very knee-jerk uh, reactions and that there is a lack of basically preventative measures uh, in order to make those crimes not happen in the first place. And Yoon has certainly addressed that by saying... Um, that uh, they should be prevented beforehand. He stressed the need to work closely with related agencies to, to, uh, to detect risks early, as well as establish a comprehensive social safety network and prevent victims while preventing uh, recidivism. Now, Yoon pledged the uh, government's unsparing assistance to help the police more actively respond to violent crimes, including uh, by swiftly distributing less lethal handguns uh, and the latest cutting-edge uh, equipment. He also renewed his commitment to creating a culture where men and women in a uniform are given the respect they deserve. Um, in terms of improving the working environment for the police, Yoon assured that the government would support the police to actively respond to serious crimes. He um, promised other kind of uh, firearms and weaponry as well to respond to these heinous crimes. And he also pledged a raise in salary uh, as well. Now, as with ceremony itself, it was held at Tawanez, uh, Youngbin, uh Youngbin Hall, actually, for the first time. Uh, that hall is usually reserved for foreign dignitaries and some diplomatic events, so it kind of goes to show that Yoon is thinking of a police in, uh, in a kind of an elevated fashion, mm -hmm. so um, meaning that they will certainly have uh, a lot more stature, uh, okay. and um, we'll see what other support measures uh, are going to happen down the line. All right. And on to the med school quota uh, issue. In a rare move, rival parties may be seeing eye to eye our third keyword of the day. Medical school controversy. Perhaps we can't highlight this point well enough. There is a rare case of political unison for the government's plan to drastically increase the enrollment quotas for medical schools that have been at a standstill for years. But there are some differences in the details on... Mm. Um, not just the expansion, uh, but uh, to what scale and what other policies need to be followed up. What's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so it's all well and good that there is some sort of, you know, rare agreement uh, sure. in terms of uh, between the rival parties, especially in an issue that is seemingly very divisive uh, at the moment. Uh, but of course, yes, the devil is in the detail and uh, there are some sort of 
disagreements, but we'll have to see if they hash it out or mm. if uh, those disagreements continue. Uh, and of course, this plan uh, came after UN ordered officials to expand the number of medical school admissions to address uh, the anticipated shortage of medical professionals. Now, rival parties agree on the need to address the shortage of doctors and the uh, imbalance in medical services between regions as well. Um, they're usually concentrated in the capital region, and there's been some concerns that maybe there's a lack of medical uh, facilities and personnel mm. in these more rural areas. Uh, and they say such a uh, change is necessary to improve medical services and prepare for the country's aging population as well. However, there are differences, as you said, in opinions regarding the specific details of the plan and the focus uh, will be on the upcoming dis uh, discussions to address uh, those differences um, in the details. Now, the Democratic Party, for example, is concerned about potential constitutional issues related to kind of forcing specific areas and fields of practice yeah. for medical graduates. So, yes, they are concentrated uh, in the capital area in terms of medical uh, services and personnel. There is that imbalance, but... Um, can the government actually force uh, doctors and other personnel and, um, I don't know, medical facilities to be set up in these rural areas uh, just for the sake of uh, balancing out an imbalance where there is no need to? And there is a whole load of legislative and uh, right, right. constitutional issues. And that's what the Democratic DP is um, concerned about. So they're also just calling... to add, I just want to add one more point. It's not just yeah. about relocating the doctors and facilities. It's about forcing perhaps some of these graduates to choose certain unpopular um, right. specialties. And is that is that within the government's rights? I think that comes into question, too. That's right. So basically, if you have uh, a kind of a less popular uh, field, such as a pediatrician, they mm. want to work in Seoul, but the government says, no, we have a, mm. uh, a bit of an insufficient quota in of another rural area. You need to go there. And of course, there's going to be some backlash because of that as well from the doctors. So it is a very complicated and delicate issue. Uh, and the DP are also calling for a focus on reducing uh, the concentration of medical school applicants in certain fields and mm. uh, regions after expanding uh, medical school uh, enrollment. There's been this kind of controversy over uh, some fields of medical school being more popular because usually they pay out a little bit more. It's more and more lucrative, they, uh, right? It's more lucrative, yes. And uh, so, yeah, these medical school students are often kind of, you know, um, leave out the less popular kind of fields. Uh, now, both parties do plan to discuss the policy's specific details once the government prevent, uh, presents uh, its plan. Now, advocates say an increase is necessary to address kind of physician shortages in provincial areas uh, and less preferred specialties such as pediatrics that I mentioned. Doctors, on the other hand, uh, they've been very opposed to the idea, uh, arguing a quota increase will contribute little to solving the problem without a fundamental change to South Korea's medical system. So they're saying, doctors are basically saying there should be an overhaul from the very foundations of the medical mm. system, uh, uh, rather than this kind of generic plan. Um, and of course, uh, they're not really mentioning it, but it also threatens their uh, kind of competition as well. So they want to keep the quota within a certain limit, uh, so that there are some uh, specified or specific uh, uh, expertise when it comes to medical fields. Sure. And basically more doctors means a more of a threat to their livelihoods as well. Now, if the government decides to increase the new quota, it will begin affecting medical schools in 2025. So actually not that long away. And uh, doctors are also threatening strikes as well. So we could see some mm -hmm. um, public disturbances because of this also.
The government is expected to make an announcement on the matter later today. We'll see if there are any updates for tomorrow. Let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Support for Israel. So U.S. President Joe Biden reiterated his backing for Israel, saying a deadly blast at a Gaza Strip hospital appeared to be from what he called a terrorist group. So he's saying, uh, in line with what the Israel Defense Forces have been saying, blaming that Palestinian Islamic Jihad, an armed group that sides with Hamas, is responsible for the hospital attack. Yeah, so this isn't something that's really surprising. Really, the U.S. has always been on the side of Israel. So uh, it's just another... Uh, reiteration of the U.S. support uh, for uh, its ally. Uh, now, flying home after a brief Tel Aviv uh, visit, Biden told reporters he had been blunt with the Israelis about the need to support getting aid to Palestinians uh, in Gaza. Now, he said Israel had been badly victimized, but the truth is they have an opportunity to relive suffering of people who have nowhere to go. Uh, so, yes, uh, he is on the side of Israel, but he is also addressing concerns about civilian kind of casualties and displacements that are happening in Palestine as well. Uh, and Biden also praised the Egyptian president for agreeing to open the rapid border crossing mm-hmm. uh, to allow 20 trucks uh, carrying humanitarian aid into Gaza and pledged the U.S. would get people trapped in Gaza out. Uh, now, Biden arrived in Tel Aviv on Wednesday morning amid a spike in tension over uh, the blast in the El, uh, Al-Ali uh, Arab Hospital the day before in what is in the Hamas-controlled enclave, which uh, had left hundreds of innocent civilians dead. Now, Hamas claimed that the blast was caused by an Israeli airstrike. Israel has denied responsibility, arguing a botched Islamic Jihad rocket launch led to the tragedy. So they're kind of blaming each other, and there's kind of different accounts of what happened. Mm. Uh, Meanwhile, Biden also announced $100 million of new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance to both Gaza and the West Bank. Uh, His trip coincided with the U.S. Treasury Department's announcement of fresh uh, sanctions against 10 Uh, key Hamas group members as well. Now, the rise in tensions over the hospital explosion was kind of a setback to the Biden administration that has sought to reduce regional tensions while moving to ensure uh, the flow of humanitarian aid to the blockaded Gaza enclave. But of course, this is a war that is ongoing, so there's going to be this sort of disturbances. Um, And yeah, mostly the West is on the side of the Israelis, uh, so we'll have to Uh, see how it plays out. But um, still, uh, a lot of tension and conflicts and Mm. uh, civilian casualties, unfortunately, for the time being. As President Biden visited Israel, the Xi-Putin meeting in Beijing took place, with Putin getting a star treatment there, our fifth keyword of the day. She meets Putin. So the Russian leader sat down with uh, Chinese leader Xi Jinping. They have met in Beijing as divisions deepen with the West over, of course, the Israel-Hamas war. It, it does seem like both Russia and China refused to condemn Hamas, instead criticizing Israel's treatment of Palestinians. What did they discuss? Right. So this uh, war in uh, Ukraine, uh, sorry, in Israel, uh, between Israel and Hamas, is kind of strengthening alliances on either side. So we have Biden uh, showing uh, his support for Israel, and this time it's Xi Jinping uh, showing his support for Putin uh, as well. Now, their appearance together actually did come as Joe Biden arrived in Tel Aviv in a uh, show of support for Israel. Uh, The two leaders talked for about uh, three hours. They were meeting on the sidelines of a forum to celebrate 10 years of the 
flagship Belt and Road Initiative that's been uh, touted by Xi Jinping, uh, which Putin also hailed as well. Uh, Putin was actually the guest of honor among leaders and officials of more than uh, 130 countries. Uh, now, he has rarely left his country, actually, since uh, invading Ukraine in February last year. Uh, and Xi Jinping lauded a record high trade with uh, Russia and stressed uh, his deep friendship uh, with Vladimir Putin. Uh, both leaders also, of course, discussed the conflict in the Middle East. They both condemned the Gaza uh, hospital blast, but they weren't really um, uh, calling out any uh, distinct uh, support or, uh, or any blame for one uh, faction or of that blast. China and Russia have both called for a ceasefire in the spiraling conflict, uh, but they, as I said, uh, explicitly kind of or declined to explicitly uh, condemn uh, Hamas. Now, this is a sort of contrast to the outpouring of support for Israel for uh, from the uh, US and leaders across Europe. So it kind of shows that there are still some divisions between China and Russia and the West. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Welcome back. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.